I have been told that one of the biggest challenges faced by a CGI artist is the creation of believable hair and fur. What is it about hair and fur that makes it so difficult? I don't know. But in this episode, 2231, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG bros, will be doing a deep dive into the subject when they answer the commonly asked question, how are CGI hair effects created? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. And if you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. It's really great to see you again. In this episode of the CG Insider Podcast, the CG Bros, that's us, will be answering another intriguing question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Javier D., who hails from Rockford, Illinois. And Javier asks us, how are CGI hair effects created? And by the end of our chat today, uh, you'll have learned some interesting things about how computer-generated hair effects animation is created. And you'll uh, hear about some brief history of how hair animation technology has grown, no pun intended. And uh, also be sure to stay to the end of the podcast where we'll uh, show you some of our favorite uh, shots using CGI hair. And we'll share some of our favorite software tips with you so you can get started styling some of your own CG hair as well. I'm Sean Johnston, one of your hosts for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And I'm Bill Johnston, the other host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And we are the CG Bros. So, bro, what a great question, Javier. You want to jump in? Sure. Well, you know, who, who cares about creating hair effects anyway besides Javier? Uh, we do. And so do you. And so that's why we're here to talk about it. You know, hair effects animation is a fundamental part of a, a broader category of character animation. And we've kind of covered some of uh, the, the uh, ins and outs of character animation in past podcasts. But uh, just to kind of recap a little bit, uh, you know, hair animation is usually handed off to an effects team. Because uh, it generally requires a lot of complex uh, simulation work, really depending on the, the approach you're using. But for today's work, it requires a lot of complex simulation work in order to be animated. Uh, and even in simple setups for hair, uh, it, it has to kind of behave closely and react, you know, properly, or at least in some semblance with the laws of physics. And so, uh, you know, that that's why it's important. Yes, and some a little bit of history of uh, hair in in let's say film, for example, we could we could go into video games later, but just a little bit of that. Um, I have an example of some of the some of the uh, early early. I, I believe this is even uh, like 1993, maybe. When was when do you think Spawn came out? I can't even remember. It's it's been so long. But here's a here's a shot from the original Spawn movie, and uh, this particular thing was really really. I think it was 93. But if you could see the hair on this particular creature that uh, in hell, I mean, that's, that's the state of the art. That was amazing uh, for that time period. And looking back, the CGI did, doesn't, doesn't hold up. But you know what? Back then, I think uh, we just weren't as savvy. What do you think, Bill? Well, I think you're right. And I, well, we just weren't used to seeing that kind of, kind of technology. I mean, that kind of fan, fanta- fantasy creatures in, in, in quote, photorealism, uh, if you will. I mean, that was, CG has always been called, you know, quote, photoreal, and it nearly never has until just really recently in my my view. But, you know, the nice thing about hair is, you know, it provides, you know, conscious and unconscious visual cues about the character's emotional state. And, and you can see right there in, in the, the character from Hell, uh, it was really hard to, I mean, it was doing nothing. It, it, it was, I think it was more just of a technological advance, and they did it because they could, and they 
you know, I don't know. I, I, it looks it looks uh, yeah. kind of bad to me. I, I think they could have done without it. But I, but again, it was a technological marvel, and at the time, it was it was quite an amazing thing to even render hair. Right, and I know the I know those scenes. Obviously, it was it was divvied out different effects studios, and I, and I believe the cape that uh, Spawn was wearing we we had shown in a previous podcast was really I thought was really well done. That must have been ILM, I think, at that time, but. This must have been a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a smaller studio that did the effects. It almost looks obscene on top of his head. But if you look at uh, right around 1999, um, we showed uh, on a previous podcast called The End, and that was uh, Chris Landreth, um, who used Alias Wavefront software to do um, basically kind of the first advanced CGI hair uh, in that particular um, show, uh, short film. I, I'm not going to show that again. And then, of course... We'll go up to 2004, and, and uh, I know, Bill, you want to show something about The Incredibles and that advanced CGI hair. That was the first advanced CGI hair in, in any film. So Yeah, that was uh, 2004, like you mentioned, and it was pretty amazing. Uh, let me go ahead and just, before I get to that, I'm, I'm just going to show you a couple of the hair types that, that there are. You know, people wonder, well, what's so hard about animating hair anyway? Well, it's because there's so many different hair types. There's, there's uh, wavy hair, there's curly hair, there's... Uh, you know, frizzy hair. There's uh, and here they go. There's the there's the wavy. Then there's kind of wavy and curly. And then there, uh, number four. Uh, well, and, and everything in between. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Sean. And it really depends on you know some of your uh, you know your heritage basically. Uh, right. Uh, your so genetics. Yeah. yeah. And it's... so it's it's very difficult to to create hair because you you say oh well, let's just create some hair. Well, gosh no, there's so many different kinds of hair. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I was an effects guy. They'd say, well, come, you know, and we're going to talk about water in, in our next podcast. Uh, but, you know, they came to me and said, well, create, create water. Well, you know what? I created water. Uh, it just wasn't the water that they had in their, in their brain, you know. And, and I've talked about having, the, you know, good reference material in the past. And, you know, in the early days, there, there wasn't a whole lot of great reference material for any of this stuff. So, uh, you know, you just kind of flew by the seat of your pants and did the best you could. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the director liked it. Right. And what about wet hair, for example? Well, here let me show you show you a little bit about this. This is this is from two thousand four, The Incredibles, and this was this was an also groundbreaking work. I mean, you just see the turbulence on there, the forces that are being applied, and that was physically based hair. And you can even see when they do the splashdown in the ocean here, you know, the quality of the hair changes, and and so those are all things that have to be considered, uh, you know, and and they're two different separate uh, hair setups, and if not more, uh, to accomplish that. And even this underwater setup here is another is a is a different setup altogether for the hair. Yeah, that, that particular scene, um, I know that in, in that particular movie, I should say, not in that scene, but throughout the movie, um, her hair, um, uh, the daughter in the, in the film had, you know, super strong or straight uh, dark hair. And I know it, like a year before it was actually going to go, the movie was going to be uh, finished in, in the theaters, they were freaking out that they couldn't get the hair to look quite right. And in this shot here um, that I'm showing you, they had a bunch of hard time. If you look at the, the scenes, their hair was just going so crazy, they couldn't figure out how to do it. But they finally nailed it. And once, they didn't say how they nailed it, but I know their own technology that they're using at Pixar, they, they eventually just nailed it. And it looks so realistic. And the, and the shine actually is, uh, is amazing too, because you have your shaders that you're using for the hair that give it that realistic look. And I know that, in, in, for example, Tangled, in this, uh, this view here, you can see they had similar problems because the hair had to do so many different things um, that they, uh, the normal hair can't do. And so they had to have animated parts of the hair, almost like goes back to 
uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, where you have some some that's simulated with physics, and others where you've got control hairs that are actually or control um, splines where the animators are animating it to do certain things, like knock over a glass if they're sitting there, and they flip their their hair because you can't. How many times did you get it to to flip? You know, if somebody flips their hair at a table, and it actually knocks over a glass, how many times would you take you to simulate that for real, right, Bill? You'd actually yeah, have well. to actually do that and control it somehow, animate it to get to that point. And then it, the physics takes over from there. Well, that's true, and I think they used a hybrid system here because of you know in this movie Tangled, which was a, another groundbreaking uh, movie featuring uh, you know the latest in hair technology. They they actually did use a, a quasi uh, physics. You know it was exactly it was physics when it had to be, but then you had to be able to be break from that physics model to do to do the character basically character animation. It, the, you know in that movie that the hair is is basically a character. Yes, and so it had to be able to do things that normal hair just can't do in the real physical world, and so uh, that was a real challenge for the artists. And and you're right, they they had they broke they had 147 uh, main groups control groups for the hair. Uh, you could each manipulate those separately, so they could each do their own things and. Um, you know, they they had the, as a matter of fact, they had they developed their own uh, in-house software. It was called iGroom, I think, to to handle all the the uh, well. They, they actually started creating that software for Bolt, but we used it entangled as well to 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 really great effectiveness. I think it's funny watching those those clips. Um, I remember just simulating things like just cloth, and remembering how difficult it was to get that to work uh, correctly, and how many times when I was simulating those things for. Um, I was doing some early on commercials using 3D Studio Max. And um, I think there was a, we were trying to simulate, I think I might've explained it one time where there, where we had um, a bunch of socks in a dryer that were flipping around. And one of the, and some of the socks were just catching on on, on a vertice uh, or a polygon inside the, the, um, the um, dryer. And it, it would make the entire sock, you know, explode into, um, you know, this massive, um, tangly spaghetti monster thing. It was it was amazing to see. It was crazy. Well, yeah, simulation is really complex, and people don't really understand. They they see it and they say, "Oh, yeah, it just looks normal." Because you know, the closer you are to reality, the more normal it looks, the less you notice it. And so, right, you know, that that's kind of a strange thing. And 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 the opposite, if it's done incorrectly, you you'll end up in the uncanny valley. Uh, you know, we've talked about that a lot of times before as well. Right, you'll spot that immediately because it just doesn't look right. And I know there's. I was going to show some images of. The Avengers uh, Endgame, where um, uh, Captain Marvel um, was was coming in, I guess, to one of the scenes, coming in to talk to, um, I guess, when Iron Man, not to do any spoilers, but when Iron Man was on the verge of death and in, in, they were trapped with uh, Spider-Man up, up in their ship, she came to rescue them and bring, the, bring it down. But she came to that one scene when she comes up to the, up to the cockpit outside you they actually cg'd her hair on that scene because later on in the movie she has like a crop cut you know really short hair and they just kind of cg'd it over that well there are a lot of uh, i think even in captain marvel they uh had uh, brie with the skull caps on and because i think she has different haircuts throughout the movie she has a buzz cut and parts of it and then other parts she has real flowing long golden hair and uh, just and it has to be you know weightless uh as a matter of fact which is kind of you know, it's, it's almost it's like in of, water. Almost like well, <laughs> real similar to uh, what they did in in uh, Iron Man. Uh, excuse me, not Iron Man. Aquaman, Aquaman. right here. And uh, let me go ahead and uh, pin myself here so we can kind of check this out. But yeah, some of this, the underwater effects for Aquaman were just, you know, they're another groundbreaking thing. I mean, it looks creepy. It looks eerie. It, it, to me, you know, I'll be honest with you. The, some of the visual effects in this movie just were 
we're over the top beautiful. Um, but uh, you know, speaking of the Uncanny Valley, when I watch these characters, um, you know, animate and and especially, uh, you know, uh, the the boxer who uh, Rocky, who this guy here, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, Vlad. Oh, not Vlad. Shoot, I can't remember his name. But uh, it just brings me into the Uncanny Valley. Looking at their their hair and the performance of it, uh, this guy here. You saying uh, Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren, sorry, not Vlad. I'm sorry, Dolph Lundgren fans out there. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's just uncanny. It doesn't look real. I mean, honestly, her hair looks the best, and uh, you know, getting the shading right and the caustics going through the hair, it's all very complex. And uh, they did a great job as, as far as blending the live action and the CG. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's okay. It weird. It's it all right. Weird. It's just weird. It's just un it's just weird. Yeah. I think it's because the light doesn't doesn't quite go through um, correctly. I know that um, when you're simulating or actually doing CG CGI hair and it's dark, dark's much much easier than blonde because the refraction from normal hair light going through that um, looks totally different. It's hard to get that nailed down exactly. So yes, and that's that's actually Sean. You know that's what makes. Um, hair, hair. When you think about it, uh, it's it's how the light actually uh, reacts with the hair. It's it's the qualities of the hair, you know. Because uh, you know, aside from the animation itself, you know, the the, the simulation that we're talking about, and the, 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 but the, the 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 physical properties of the hair itself, you know, the the how the how the light scatters, you know, through the subsurface of the hair, and how how the you know specular highlights, you know, re, you know, glint off, and how they, you know how reflective is the hair? How, how is the shadowing handled? You know, through the hair, because shadowing, you know, how how it shadows us is a big, um, you know, it's a big aspect of, how, of what makes hair look the way it does. How shiny is it? How dull is it? You know, how matted or clumpy is it? You know, all those qualities uh, go into uh, just you know that's before you even animate it. <laughs> oh, exactly, and, and I mean it's, it's so difficult. In fact, you know, Pixar established an entire department uh, towards that um, for custom hair and, and physics simulations. So that's what that you know, it's it's that amazingly hard to do yeah and here's a here's a, a, a plate of, of some of the different uh, you know hair hair you know, textures that you can you can get this is actually a shave and haircut this is one of the software packages that will be mentioned oh joe alter joe alter exactly i remember him i do and, uh, here here's uh, a, another uh plate that and basically shows what you were talking about sean which was the the difference between dark hair and light hair and the quality difference you can see how how specular uh, the lighter hair is as opposed to the the, the black hair and, and the brown hair is, of course, somewhere in the middle. And then you've got the red hair. You know, you've got uh, something like uh, something like this from, uh, you oh, know, beautiful. Brave. I mean, wow. uh, she it's just just gorgeous. I mean, you can see the shadowing there. What I'm talking about when I'm talking about how the shadow plays through there and how the lights and the highlights in the hair, mm. and uh, and that's not and, and again they had to physically model this hair. Look at the curls and the kinks and the springiness and the body that it has. And that was one of the really big problems early on in CG was, you know, getting the hair that was, that, that held volume, you know, that, that maintained its volume. And that's, that's really where a lot of the advances in hair technology has come in the recent, you know, just the few last recent years. Um, and I'll go through some of that setup here again, if we can have time for it. But basically, yeah, how to keep this, the spring, the, the spring in the, you know, the, the, the physics in the hair without, while maintaining body and volume. Right. There's also, other things too to consider is is it is it colliding with itself in individual hairs because a lot of times you'll see simulations where they're just passing through each other and it looks really strange uh, almost like a blurring kind of a thing that's going on very distracting 
definitely. And here's here's uh, here's some of the you know hair and hair in action. You can see uh, from Brave here, and it, it's you can see what I'm talking about as far as the spring springiness and the bounciness and the physical qualities go. And you know it's just a matter of you know adjusting gravity and adjusting friction of the hair itself. And that's here's some reference footage, and that's what I was talking about too. Is you need some you know, good reference of, of of how the hair behaves because you know my things that I've seen and even today hair the hair animation is so slow. It's too slow. It's like the fire is too slow in some some instances. They like to. It's just not realistic when it's too slow. You need to have it have it bounce and have it move, but you know, not have it you know bounce like a spring, right? And 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 this is some of the new technology here. You're actually seeing how it dampen damps, and so as you're seeing it, as she's walking here, you see it's kind of heavy. You know, it's kind of you know really heavy. But oh, excuse me. Uh, now it's really heavy, but before it was really light. And this is the the, the difference between just a few set settings of the spring and the core spring. Uh, with the spring itself, you can see how the the one on the right just you know is more natural, it loses its energy, like, like right. It and and in, in these scenes, I'm I'm assuming, and I don't I don't know this for fact for this particular one, is I've seen other other um, artists who are creating hair for for um, film and video games. They're using control splines for particular clumps of hair, so they're not doing. I don't think they're simulating every single hair, are they? Well, no, and this is uh, no, and this is a. Thank you for even mentioning that. This is how they normally do it. They 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 set them up into groups, and they have main what are called guide hairs, and so they set up the main guide hairs to that to do most of the physics, and then they they have the the other hair groups kind of ride off of the parent group, and so they all kind of move along and and have kind of a hierarchy to them. So you know, once you get the guide hairs set up, which is uh, what's you know, this guy's doing here. Um, you know, you kind of set some of the, the physics on the hair, and then you actually create uh, volumes with that hair, which then is effectors of all the, the hair groups around it. And uh, you can kind of see as he's, you know, laying, layering up these different groups. Uh, here's the base group, and then here's the group on top of that, and here's the, another group in there. And so they all have different physical properties that give that body and that volume that I was referring to earlier. I know. I would probably do that simulation with doing it that way, and then the one, all the hairs that are actually following... I would randomize how 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 strongly they they would actually follow the guide, you know, kind of give it some randomness to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's there's that's different groups going on going on. Let's just actually see how beautiful. they how they layer up. It's really a that's, beautiful example. Yeah, the color is just great too. Totally looks like real hair. That's, that's yeah, really and the way it, I mean, just the way it, it it loses its energy, you know, it, it and the and the and the, the hairs have to know about each other hair. That's the amazing thing about it. Well, I mean, it just, I mean, for my, some of the examples now, for me, I was thinking about um, video games. I mean, that, that's what we're, you and I are working in and how, why has it always been such a hard, hard thing to do is, is, is creating that hair that looks real in video games. Because like you said, that Uncanny Valley um, just doesn't look right. And you know when it's, you can spot it immediately. And normally, obviously, it's, it's, it's not a static thing. Hair, you know, like you said, has you know thousands of strands and follicles within it, and it's constantly moving, and so you need to, you know, those calculations. If you're doing it in real time, it's got to be calculated every single frame of your animation uh, in the game, or it's going to look, you know, stepped, or it's going to look stat, you know, basically popping all over the place. And so, you know, those those are things and how it re you know reacts light, like you said, wind, and if it gets wet. And that the amount of uh, CPU and GPU time dedicated to that would basically, uh, with everything else that's happening on screen, just basically the, the, you don't have the budget for it to play it uh, to make it look good in games. 
Yes, and, and, and you know, the thing that really makes hair look kind of natural in the game is, is the application of forces. And, you know, if you can apply, you know, wind, some kind of vector field to, to your hair, kind of like they do the grass, you know, and vegetation systems in, in, in the game, that, that really goes a long way. But it, it's, far, it's a far cry from, from, from realistic hair, the hair that we, we've been, you know, accustomed to seeing these days, especially today. And that, that's why in video games, most, I don't know if you remember, Sean, all, most, most characters either had really, really short buzz cuts or were bald or, or had helmets on so you couldn't see their hair. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I, I remember, remember doing that myself. I mean, because I was thinking about doing it with polygons and trying just doing, you know, uh, tubes and then just tapering at the very end to try and make hair and just try and, try and grooming that, you know, to try and make, um, you know, sculpting that would be next to, in, in, you know, it'd be impossible and I remember, um, I think it was Digimation had a, a plugin called um, Shag Hair at one point, and it was it was not really good. It it, it was okay for the time, but um, I mean, for example, right now with games now with Unity, for example, this this um, this this uh, parameter right here, window has all of these things that you can um, options for for hair to actually make it to try and do what you want it to do in the game, and just looking at that. I mean, that's managing all the physics of that hair. It's crazy just to see just in this one screen. Oh, from there, yeah, and there's there's 20 screens. <laughs> yeah, right there. And Once you get into the shaders, yeah. Exactly, and then um, this particular thing. So a lot of times they'll do um, they'll do shortcuts and they'll use strips like you were showing earlier. We they do polygon strips and then they have guides. For example, like this uh, this particular thing, you can see the hair, and then they've also got the they actually made out of polygon. Um, uh, strips and then they groom those or they have guide wires or you know um, or they're, they're actually using the actual brush like maybe in ZBrush right now and kind of just uh, using that to um, uh, you know make it conform to the head um, and then dip, go in different directions and then there's also you know like you were saying earlier is adding actual um, you know physics uh, based um, follicle, almost like polygons that look like individual hairs, and you can get those as well. But that's that's really really hard to to uh, it's it, you know it's computationally intensive. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know in, in, on top of that, you know basically this it it depends on what you're trying to create. You know, like you said, you could, like for this character, he has short hair. The polygon approach would work just fine. And it, it, I think the the, what, the requirements of the hair are going to dictate the approach that you use, whether it's polygons or. And it, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you can use dynamic joints for like ponytails and stuff like that. Uh, yes. Um, dynamic curves as well, which are kind of like little sticks and balls connected that look like little ch you know chain link, but but not a chain, but it's kind of links and balls. It's uh, links uh, balls and sticks, I should say, um, and. Uh, you, you know, you can even do soft body animation on hair, and I personally have done cloth simulation very effectively uh, in, in place of hair, and it looks looks pretty pretty believable. But you know, it doesn't hold up. You know, in a close up shot, say, you right? Know, it just you know, it really depends on on the, the needs of the shot, what your approach will be. And and I, like I've said in past podcasts, if you don't have to simulate it, don't. Right, and and so there's other there's other software like you mentioned. Um, shave and haircut by Joe Alter. That's that goes way back. That goes back to gosh, it must have been in the the 90s or the early 2000s. Um, but then there's also Houdini, where you can um, create the actual splines, like I was talking about, and actually grow hair out of the head um, programmatically. And that's pretty pretty cool. As well as you know, there's there's XGen for Maya. There's um, all sorts of different plugins that you can get now for hair that actually make it look pretty pretty darn good. Um, 
Let me show you a couple more, um, which I think is, is really, really neat. And this is from Hero Zero Dawn. Um, this, this one, or Horizon Zero Dawn, excuse me. This is a really cool character here, the main um, character of, uh, of the game. And this was actually done with uh, polygons. Um, and and it, it, I mean, this is just beautiful. This, this is uh, the main character of the game. And you can see her hair here uh, in color. And then in the background of this, you can actually see it moving um, in the actual game in real time. And this was a, this was actually, I think it was created by um, um, a really talented artist, um, Jonathan Lithwell. And he actually worked, he's a, he actually specializes in this and creating um, real, um, real-time hair um, for, uh, for games. And he was responsible for this. And he actually teaches a, a master, master Academy course uh, for games as well, but look how well it 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 holds up in the game. Um, I think this particular one, um, gosh, I, I can't even tell you how many actual poly polygons I was. I think there was maybe a hundred thousand tries in this particular one for the main female in the game, and it was all a fully dynamic, driven by they said fifty splines, and um, while maintaining a, a thirty frames per second rate on a PS4, so that actually looks really really good. That's pretty. That's great. You know, and a shave and a haircut is is, uh, you know, was purchased by. Um, uh, was it Autodesk? Uh, Unreal, actually. Oh, Unreal. Uh, yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, wow. so it's, you could buy. It's a free. It's free with Unreal, uh, as long as you abide by the EULA. But uh, yeah, and it's a great little little product. I think it's nine point six uh, version right now. You can even get it as a plugin. I think for Maya still. Um, and uh, yeah, and there's Yeti as well. Uh, we we uh, haven't mentioned that, but there's there's a lot of great tools out there for creating. Uh, lots of different kinds of hair, and it it really depends on what the requirements of the hair uh, in your shot is going to be. You know, and, you know are they I agree. Be in a hurricane, you know, or are they going to be, you know, what's what what are they going to be doing? And, right. Uh, you know, uh, those those softwares will work just fine. Most studios have have, like I said, entirely proprietary setups that they're using. Uh, Disney has one that we that uh, we didn't get to today, but maybe we'll do a special podcast just on that because it's it's an amazing what Disney's come up with. Um, but in the end, it's really about understanding the process of grooming the hair, I think, and, you know, just understanding what makes hair look good um, and the general techniques because, uh, you know, the tools are the tools and, uh, you know, they're always changing. So if you know the basics, then, then you, you're going to be set. That's right. Lastly, this uh, pinning this here, this is um, from EA's Next Generation Hair Technology, and they're using the Frostbite engine uh, for FIFA play on the PlayStation 5. This is actually from 2020, and they're working on this stuff. I actually haven't, haven't played FIFA in a while, but... The hair simulation for this particular um, demo that they're using um, really looks amazing. Um, I'd love, love to see this actually in the game at some it point. Bounce. That's really yeah. great. Well, thanks again for being part of our podcast today. We want you to know that we do them exclusively for you. Uh, we had a great time answering Javier's question, how are CGI hair effects created? And we hope you learned something that you didn't know along the way. And uh, you got to at least learn something new every day right that's right uh we enjoyed our conversation hope you did and if you did please do us a favor share it around with some of your friends that's the biggest thing you can do to help uh, our channel uh hit that like button too because it helps youtube find other people just like you who are interested in cgi and vfx related stuff that we talk about here on the cg bros insider podcast oh by the way if you've got a subject that you would like us to hear us uh, discuss in one of our podcasts you can let us know by going to our website at the cgbros.com and over to the about us tab over to the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Javier did. It's that easy. And, you, you know, we, uh, we try and do our best here, and sometimes we make mistakes. So leave us comments, too. And we're always looking to improve our podcast. 
and would like to know what you think. So make sure you do leave us a comment by, uh, and we, we, may even, uh, we may even read it on the air um, and you'll hear uh, your name, but uh, we can't guarantee that. And just in case you didn't know, we bring a fresh uh, edition of the CG Insider right here every week. And we discuss all things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other interesting and, and related topics. Also, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your prime ticket seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short films entertainment uh, created by some of the most talented new, new media producers, that's a mouthful, and VFX studios out there today. Uh, also, check out uh, some revealing uh, VFX breakdowns and behind-the-scenes uh, making ofs and before and afters. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing uh, you here for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question, how are CGI water effects created? Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a splashingly good time. It is. It's, it is. Get out of the pool. Okay, we'll see you here next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are CGI hair effects created? Thanks for being with us. If you watch this on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell. So you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's a circle with the three dots in it. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbro.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how are CGI water effects created? This has been episode 2231 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.